Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hi there, and welcome back to Don't IEP Alone. Thanks for listening. This is Lisa, and I am still answering reader questions, or sorry, I'm so used to having the blog for so long, um, listener questions. Of course, you could be a reader too, but I think the only place I advertised where you could ask me a question was on the podcast. So... Anyway, I'm going to get right into it. And as I'm reading, I'm going to read you the question directly, but um, I'm trying to just, okay. My autistic daughter will have her reevaluation by the district this coming school year, 19 slash 20. The three-year eval did many tests, but only one sub area for each area of the possible areas of disabilities. The district's evaluation came back and she said and said she was average in all areas of learning and did not need academic goals. I do not want to do an IEE again, which is an independent eval. For those of you who don't know that acronym, um, I do not want to do an IEE again because we will waste the entire school year waiting on the IEE and she will not get the correct services. What can I say or write that will encourage the district to complete at least two to three subtests for every area of disability and the areas that I see decline or issues? Okay. Um, a lot to unpack here. First of all, I don't know why you'd have to wait a year for an independent eval, but that's we'll get to that in a minute. Um, if you want to read this after you listen to me blather on about it, you can go to adayinourshoes.com and search for, I think the, the title of the blog post is something about how to have successful and relevant IEP evaluations. And I have specific steps in there, but I'm going to go over them. Um, First of all, the the school district is required to evaluate your child in all areas of suspected disability. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. They are required to evaluate in all areas of suspected disability. So it sounds like you suspect some areas of disability that the school district does not. Yesterday, on yesterday's podcast, um, one of my tips for parents was that you have to engage in the IEP process the whole year round, not just the IEP meeting. 
You get involved in every step of the process. That includes evaluations. I have a blog post on that. Um, I have a blog post called like five things not to miss in the IEP process. Evaluations is one of them. Now, since her evals, it says that they're coming up this coming school year. That's great because you're ahead of the game. The evals haven't been done and you're not looking back. You do a letter to the school. Remember, everything's always in writing. So you do a letter to the school. Dear school, I understand that Susie is due for her IEP evaluations. Here are some concerns that I have, or here are some things that I'm seeing. Here are some areas of need that I would like to have evaluated. However you want to word it, I have, (laughs) it's another blog post. I have another blog post, several, um, with requesting IEP evaluations and templates already set up for you. But basically you're just going to lay out for them what you want her evaluated in, what areas you list them and you give examples as to why you want her evaluated in those areas. You list what you are seeing so that, you know, again, you suspect the area of disability, they do not. So it's up to you to bring it to their attention. Before the evaluations, you should get a permission to evaluate form. You can write on those forms. Parents seem so afraid to write on all these forms that the, that the districts give you. You can write on it and it'll say, you know, so and Susie's due for evalu- evaluations. Um, this is what we're going to do. Thanks so much, school district. Um, and I found a lot of these letters to be very generic. You can write on them. If they didn't list your concerns, even after you wrote them an email listing out your concerns, um, go ahead and write them again on the permission to evaluate form. Yes, I am, I am giving you permission to evaluate. However, I also have the following concerns, blah, blah, blah. And you write it on the form. Okay. You have to make it impossible to ignore and it has to be in writing. Then you get your evaluations back. Um, when you get the evaluation report, some school districts hold a separate meeting to go over it. Some do it as part of the IEP meeting, but don't feel obligated to, um, like sign off on it, that you agree with it right then and there. Take it home, digest it. And if they missed things, then you ask for an independent eval. If you're still in disagreement with their evaluations, ask for an independent eval. And, you know, I live in the Philadelphia area and we have a very large um, cottage industry built up around special ed. Um, there are independent evaluators and pretty much every little niche or area of discipline that you could possibly think of. And of course, some are better than others and everybody knows who the good ones are and the bad ones. Um, and some of them have extreme wait lists, extremely long wait lists. And I've still never seen it take a year, um, I've never seen it take a year to get an independent eval done. 
I, I don't know why it took that long last time. Only you, you know, you didn't put that in the thing in your, in your question to me. Um, keep in mind that an independent eval is just what it says, that you choose the evaluator. So if, if the school district told you that you had to choose from a list of their evaluators, that's incorrect. Um, and again, I'm just not sure why it took a year. I've seen some that do have wait lists of longer than six months. And, and in that case, you know, I would say you just choose a different evaluator. Um, as I say, you can't always get what you want. And um, six months is, is, I think, too long. Unless it's an extremely, like, niche specialty that I can't find anyone else to do it. But that, at least around here, that's not likely. Um, so that's that. Um, I hope that I answered your questions. I'm just looking over it again um, to make sure. An IEE shouldn't take a year. Engage in the whole process. Do the letter before the evals. Do the permission to evaluate form and then take it from there. Um, and again, oh, IEPs, I know there was a part of this. IEPs are not just for academics. And in fact, IDEA is very clear about that. Again, I have that on adayinourshoes.com about, I have the different citations from IDEA, you know, where it's about functional skills as well. So, um, you know, she may not have any academic needs. That's, that's fine. Um, but she might have some other needs. So, uh, that's it. I hope you have a great day. I hope this helps. Um, for more information, again, this is one that I've written, uh, I've written about a lot of the different little tangents here on dayinourshoes.com. So thanks for listening and head on over there if you have any further questions. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group.
Wait. 